0: Start your business for the freedom of time Now you're tired of the hustle and
1: grind There's gotta be a better way It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper Welcome to Chill and Prosper You're ready to chill and prosper With Denise Duffield thomas Hey gorgeous and welcome to another edition of Chill and Prosper and today is something that I've been so dying to talk about is money lessons from celebrities. Actually when I was planning out this podcast I wanted a whole segment every single week about celebrity money lessons because I love reading celebrity memoirs. I love when... Slabs talk about money. You know, occasionally they'll talk about money or a salary or something, and I find that people hate it. Like I always see that there's always really bad comments whenever anyone's talked about negotiations or how much they've they've got. People get really triggered by it, and I find it fascinating. And so I think it's a really it's a great thing for us to talk about on the podcast. And um, I will try and make it a more regular feature because, as I said, I just learn so much from people. So. First of all, I want to talk about uh, three celebrity autobiographies that I have read fairly recently and and what it can reveal to us. But first of all, I just want to like really encourage you to do the same thing too and really look at what we have learnt from celebrities because if you don't know any wealthy people in real life, you might have a lot of embedded stories about what you've seen on TV and in movies about rich people. Things like you know, rich rich women are bitches, and because you've only ever seen like Dynasty or you've seen uh, like very scripted things, like you know Paris Hilton and like her her show where she very much played up that spoiled kind of rich girl persona, and so sometimes we can really learn a few little nuggets from um, wealthy people that you might not see in your real life. You might not have seen that. Um, so the first autobiography I want to talk about is Elton John's um, one that came out, I think maybe, I don't know, 2019, 2020, something like that, and it's called Me. And he talks about how, you know, he had a massive drug problem when he started making money and he spent a lot of money, obviously, on drugs. But then as he became more sober, he started spending on uh, flowers and extra houses and art, and didn't even really look ever about how much money he was spending until his accountant sat him down and said, "Hey, you're you're going to run out of money now." And that's when he had to tour and he had to do albums to basically pay for stuff. Um, now you might think, "Cool, well, Elton John, that's not very relatable." story right of him spending $200,000 a week on flowers and things like that. But actually, what was really interesting about the book is that when he got a handle on those things and he started looking at where he was spending money on, it actually didn't change his behavior so much about what he spent it on. He was just more aware of what was going out as well as what was coming in and being a little bit more mindful about some of the business deals that he was he was doing. And so, again, I don't want you to think that this is an unrelatable lesson for us because how many times and how many people do you know who spend more money than they earn or don't look at what is coming in? So I know I've done that before in the past. I've spent money Um, That I didn't really have to make myself feel better. I've spent overspent on things to make myself feel good. I have not wanted to look at my bills. I went through a big stage in my 20s where I never opened my credit card statements and I just didn't want to look. And so I, I, quite, I related to that quite a lot. And so if you know anything about the money archetypes, so I'm certified in sacred money archetypes, an amazing course by Kendall Summerhawk, and this is the celebrity archetype. I have friends who are celebrity archetypes, who spend more money than they have, who don't um, keep an eye on their finances. I have been places with friends who wear designer clothes and then their credit card... Uh, gets declined because they forgot to pay the bill or they they didn't realise they didn't have any money in their account. And so we can learn from like Elton's lesson there. And then here's what is really cool. Once he got a handle on how much was coming in and out – he still spends money on things that bring him joy. And he talks about that, um, about how it brings him joy to give gifts. It brings him joy to have flowers in his house every day and fresh flowers. It brings him joy to buy outrageous things for his family and to spend money on things that bring his whole family joy, like vacations and um, like football. He's a big soccer fan, for example. And then I actually went to his concert. He came to Newcastle, where I live. And what I noticed was he he did his show, and then, like a minute after the show, he just flew off in a helicopter. <laughs> and it was amazing. And I was just like, "Why wouldn't he stay locally?" And I thought, well, he probably just wants to, while he's in Australia and touring so much, he probably wants to have a home base with him and his family and his kids, and then he can just get in on a helicopter. It's like 30 minutes to Sydney from Newcastle in a helicopter and then he'll be home in the same bed. His kids will be there. And so I was like money buys him convenience as well as everything else. So if you are a celebrity archetype, and by the way, you can find out your money archetype. I've got a quiz that you can take. It's at com slash quiz and you can find out if you're a celebrity archetype. And the big lesson for celebrities is that you're allowed to be, do, and have everything you want guilt-free as long as you keep an eye on your money and you um, like don't just bury your head in the sand. You can have all of it without guilt. So that's what I learned from Elton John's book. I thought it was fabulous and, um, and it even inspired me to sometimes, because I'm not a celebrity archetype, to buy things like flowers and candles guilt-free It meant that I looked at some of the candles that I had been given for gifts that were just sitting there, and I allowed myself to burn them. Um, And so we can can learn a lot from celebrity archetypes about how to treat ourselves with self-care and self-love and, yeah, live a more glamorous life. All right, so... Um, The next book I want to talk about is um, Samantha Wills' book. So Samantha Wills is a jewellery designer who famously actually quit her her jewellery company in the last year or so. Her book is called Of Gold and Dust and it's a book about her business lessons um, being a jewellery designer. And there was one example in this book that blew my mind completely. Okay, so she was. She, um, Samantha, has always had a really amazing profile in Australia. She's seen as like you know a real girl boss success story in Australia, and um, she's very beautiful and very glamorous. And so, she, as well as designing things, she um, endorses other products and has partnerships with other companies. So she tells in the book about how this um, champagne company wanted her to be the face of one of their champagnes and to do you know like be in all the photos and it was just going to be this very limited um, time for uh, like celebration time in Australia which is usually around all the uh, horse racing and all those parties and so she went there and they were just going to pay her like a one-off fee to be the face of it just like you know a celebrity endorsement kind of thing instead what she did was she went away and came up with a whole proposition to do a licensing brand with them so a separate name that she owned a separate brand that she owned a separate like look and feel and for it to be an ongoing product and it went so so well like it was an incredible success story I still see her billboards up around I'm not sure if you can still find um, the champagne uh, it's not a champagne it's a sparkling wine of course you can't say champagne um, unless it comes from the region of champagne in france but um if and i what i really got from that memoir was that i wouldn't have done that i would have just been like yeah sure like just pay me like i don't know a couple of thousand dollars that's fine i'll be on your billboard yep cool let's do this limited thing that you know you own forever and i'll just be the talent and show up and what that taught me about Oh, my God, just being a bigger business owner, like thinking of things from an ownership perspective, it just honestly like blew my mind about how small I think sometimes and um, and how much I would like to just – Uh, Be a a better, smarter, more savvier businesswoman and think about things that I can own. Now, the last uh, memoir that I want to talk about in this half is um, Lily Allen's book. So Lily Allen is a British um, pop star. Uh, She's probably my age. I don't know why I think – I always think she's in her early 20s, but of course she's not. And um, she uh, grew up in a family that had like rock and roll kind of – there. her dad's a famous musician. Her brother – Um, is a a famous actor as well, Alfie, who was in Game of Thrones, um, who played Reek. And it was just such a a fascinating memoir, but there was just one little thing that I want to share about how she said, I have no idea how much money I made. I have no idea how much I make. I just make it and I don't even think about it. And again, you might go, what? Of course she can do that. She's, you know, a multi-millionaire musician, or of course she's made heaps of money. But I know heaps of people like this. I know heaps of people who are creatives who have no idea how much money they make and they are mavericks. They just live in that feast or famine all the time and things just seem to work out at the last minute. And if that's you, there's a big lesson to be learnt there about giving yourself permission to have a buffer, to look to give yourself permission to be on top of, of your money that's coming in and going out. And that might not feel very rock and roll. It might not feel very fun, but it can give you such a beautiful stability to then take risks from, to create some really cool things from. And so that's the, that's the maverick and that could be the alchemist archetype. And remember, you can find out yours and your money sabotages if you go to denisedt.com quiz. So, yeah, there they have it. So Elton John, celebrity archetype, um, Samantha Wills, I would say she's the ruler and um, probably the, the alchemist, but I would say connector as well. Connectors are very good at finding different connections between things, and I wouldn't have seen that connection. Um, and then Lily Allen, I would say she's a maverick alchemist. So I would love to hear what yours are. And I'm sure there's there's so many more lessons that we can we can uh, get from from celebrity memoirs. So I actually have a few more that I want to share with you after the break. Hey everyone, my name is Laura Comark. I live in Ventura, California, and I'm a web designer that works with female
0: coaches, helping them transition from a DIY minimum viable website to a strategic website so they can make more money. I first heard Denise on a podcast back in August of 2020, and then quickly bought all of her books on Audible and just devoured them. At that point, I knew I would be joining Money Bootcamp come January. And in January, when I was on the webinar call, I manifested the biggest thing by far that I have been able to manifest, which was winning a a ticket to her Rose Farm retreat. And that was just such a magical thing to have happened to me when i set the intention i put it out there i put it in the comments and i said i am going to win that that trip and it happened it came true it was incredible her boot camp has been so transformational for me and my life and the money that has come in since tracking which works. I cannot like, I tell everyone just track, track the money, track the money, track the money. It works. Well, I highly recommend bootcamp to anyone who wants to just really break through in their life and just have more money come in and just get to the next step and feel a supportive community.
1: Hey, and welcome back. We are talking about celebrity and celebrities' money and all of the things that we can learn from celebrity memoirs. So I talked about um, how much I love reading celebrity books. So, yeah, Eldon John, Samantha Wills, uh, Lily Allen – and just what they can teach us about our own money personalities and some of the sabotages that we can look for. We can really learn massive big lessons. Um, But I've got a couple other lessons that I've noticed as well about books that I've revisited recently, books that I, I, I loved at certain points in my journey that I revisited and I've realized how much the conversations have moved on. Okay, so... This is a really tricky one but I I loved like Tina Fey's book, Amy Poehler's book, Amy Schumer's book, Mindy Kaling's book um, and they were at, at times very um, like powerful for me to see women who are kind of my age talking about their success. But reading them today, I've noticed something that has completely moved on and shift since they've written their books and, and they're not even that old how much they talk about their weight and their appearance and their looks in those books. Um, and that's not a criticism. I think when when they wrote them, because they're on TV and, like, they're, I mean, they just have a, they feel like they have to be perfect, right? And so I suppose even though I look at them and I think, wow, these women are so beautiful, in the industry they're at, they obviously feel like they have to justify their success a little bit more um, because they might not be, you know, like look like a model, which is ridiculous because all of them are absolutely just freaking beautiful women, right? But what's the lesson to money mindset and how, how might that be showing up for you in your life? So I hear this a lot from people that they're waiting to lose weight before they uh, get a photo shoot. They're waiting to lose weight before they launch their program or their book because they don't want to be visible. They don't want to be judged for their weight. And let's face it, I still think that so many of us feel like we have to look a certain way before we're allowed to make more money. Now, you can do this if you're in front of a computer listening to this, you can do this. Or if you're in your car, wait till you get home. If you just Google like 100, like top richest men in the world and just hit, The image search on Google, you will see that the men are very different in how they look. Some of them are tall, some of them are short, some of them are fit, some of them are large, some of them are like fat, like I'm just going to say the word fat, I know it triggers some people. Some of them are like handsome, some of them are not handsome, some of them are bald, some of them have amazing hair, some of them have had hair plugs, some of them have not bothered. Um some of them wear suits, some of them wear fancy designer clothes, some of them wear track suits, some of them wear T-shirts, some of them look like homeless wizards, some of them, you, you hear what, like, do you hear what I'm trying to say, right? Now, if you were to think, though, about how you're supposed to look as a wealthy person, um, do you have a, like a look in mind? So if you're a woman, you might think you have to look a certain way Um, if you're someone who is shy, you might feel like you have to be flamboyant. If you're someone who is like, you know, larger than average size, like you might think that you have to lose weight. So like, I want you to think of like, you know, when you go to a roller coaster, you must be this tall to enter. What stories and barriers are you setting up for yourself? I have to be this tall to enter. I have to be this skinny to enter. I have to be this good looking to enter. And like some of that is total BS. Like it really is. There is no weight limit for success. There is no height limit for success. Like you totally can do it how you look now. And I'm not saying that there is not, so, 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 there's not something like pretty privilege, skinny privilege, pretty privilege. It absolutely exists. But that doesn't mean that you can't chill and prosper. You can't prosper with exactly what you got right now. Um, you know, you might not want to be the face of your business. That's okay too. There are so many different ways that you can succeed, but not if you're hiding how you can help people. If you're hiding or waiting for, for you to be perfect and like skinnier. And I know this is a triggering topic, like I really do apologize. And you know, if you need to skip this, but we have our own like, barometer of what we feel like we should be, do, and have before we're allowed to be, do, and have success. And it's, it's, really, it's really stupid. Now, I want to share a quote, a Marlon, Brando, a Marlon Brando quote, right? So towards the end of his life when he was acting, um, he was about 300 pounds and he got heaps of jobs. <laughs> and do you know what he said, quote, I don't mind that I'm fat, you still get the same money. And you might think, yeah, but women don't, right? And actresses don't have that, that same um, privilege. And it is absolutely true. But in business, where are you setting yourself up for failure? Where are you stopping launching because you don't feel like you're perfect yet? And let me tell you, every time there's someone who just shows up exactly as, as they are, someone is just so thrilled and happy and relieved and motivated by that not everyone is going to love you no matter what you do right you can you can be perfect and someone's always going to hate you someone's always going to criticize you so you may as well show up how you are now and inspire someone who needs to hear that and if you get hate mail if you get people like bad comments you can block people you can like you know Like unsubscribe people from your newsletter, but there'll be people who absolutely love you showing up exactly as you are right now. And every time I felt like, oh my God, I don't want to have a photo shoot. I look back at those photo shoots. I go, oh my God, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I captured that time for myself. And there was one photo shoot where um, I did with my family and I had like all the post baby weight. And I was just like, oh, my God, I do not want to do this photo shoot. And, yeah, in some of the photos, I'll be really honest, I look like I'm pregnant. Again, it looks like i am it's a maternity shoot because I thought, oh, I'll just wear this big bulky jumper and no one will notice that I've still got the baby weight. It just made me look pregnant. But there's so many beautiful photos from that shoot where I just think, oh, my God, I'm so glad I captured that moment of me and my young family. And you'll feel the same way in your business as well. So... Um, that's just something I really got from reading some of those other um, celebrity memoirs is just how much energy we take up around our appearance and telling ourselves that we are not enough. Um, and there's just one more lesson too I'll finish just before uh, before I go is um, if you read some uh, memoirs from like women who have been around a long time. Like I recently read Julie Andrews. Um, she's got a lot of uh memoirs by the way but I read one recently about her early days in Hollywood where she grew up and she was um, singing in variety shows with her family and then she was doing Broadway and then she um, it finished just when she got Mary Poppins but what I really got from that is even when she was the headliner in um, she was in My Fair Lady on Broadway with Rex Harrison he was getting paid so much money she was Eliza Doolittle, she was the headliner and she was still rooming with a flatmate and still like counting pennies because she wasn't getting paid enough. She never thought that she was allowed to negotiate. She never thought that she was allowed to question what the men and her co-stars were receiving. And so, you know, it really makes me mad when I read some of those old school Things and even Mariah Carey, right? Who isn't isn't super old, but she's been around for a long time. Reading about how she was ripped off for so long and how um, how people tried to take advantage of her it really made me angry. But we can learn from that ourselves. We can make sure that we have contracts in place, that we're setting prices that make us feel good, that we're valuing our own worth because. Other people won't, you know, and I, I see this a lot for myself, like reading those books, realizing that, you know, it's okay for me to charge people to speak at their event. It's okay to charge my friends to speak, um, you know, it, f- for them. It's okay for me to charge doing virtual workshops for people because, trust me, Like even really big companies try and get you to speak for free. So we can absolutely learn from that and we can learn from all of those women who came before us and people who came before us who weren't valued, who were ripped off. And this is the best bit about being an entrepreneur um, now is that you can set your own prices. You don't have to be beholden to gatekeepers. You can publish your own books. You can create your own events. You can have your own podcast. Um, You don't have to wait for somebody else to deem you ready. So, yes, if you liked hearing about the celebrity stuff, let me know, Um, you know, tag and share this, this episode. Let me know what your ahas are about because I would love to make this a feature because, as I said, I read so many celebrity books. And I really love finding them in thrift stores as well because I love finding those ones from the 80s. And, um, and the 90s and just seeing all those money lessons and those different personalities. And remember I talked about doing that quiz. So if you go to denisedt.com slash quiz, you can find out your money personality too and um, it will give you a really great framework to see what your sabotages are. All right, my lovelies, well, I will see you um, straight after this final thought.
0: Hi, my name is Janet Barreto and my business name is Primary Formed. My website is anyonecancraftwitha1.com and I live in New York. And I can officially say that I am an inventor and one lucky bee. I downloaded that book off of audibles and everything changed. I got cleared and went for it. I had no funds to join the program that would help me manufacture my invention, but I signed up anyway. Guess what? The money came magic. If you don't understand what that means, read the book. Thank you, Denise. My name is Melanie Hustis, and I'm an intuitive energy coach with a big heart and a mouth to match. I live in London, Canada with my three kids, one of which I just happened to be married to. When I read Get Rich, Lucky Bitch, I found Denise's authenticity so refreshing. I dove into the part about money beliefs and discovered that I believed I could do what I love, or I can make lots of money. I had no idea that this powerful thought was affecting pretty much every business decision I made. This book helped me discover that I really can have it all, and about sacrificing what matters.
1: Hey, and welcome back. Ah, oh, what a great episode. Thank you so much for sticking with me. And how cool are all these testimonials that people send in? They sound so amazing. Um, everyone sounds like pros, but they're not. There. I mean, everyone's a great business person, but I just, I'm so appreciative. Thank you. Now, my final thought is about business breakups, and um, this might be mentors, business groups, suppliers, friends, clients, and this can be such a necessary part of growth. You know, trimming stuff that doesn't work. You know, I have a farm. Every year, we have to trim our roses back to practically nothing, and it looks harsh. It looks a bit too aggressive, but that's what they need to thrive for the next season, and. Every couple of months, a couple of times a year, maybe once or twice a year, really look at where you need to prune some things in your life and your business. And sometimes it's sometimes things come to an end and that's okay. So business breakups don't have to be dramatic. They don't have to be stressful. But it could be, you know, you've come to the end of the road with a mentor and it's, you know, okay, I think this is going to be our last session. I'm good now. Thank you. It could be business groups that you feel like you've outgrown and you can just you can just click that button and leave if you're on Facebook. You can mute people. You can unsubscribe from newsletters. You know, it could be clients where you've just gone, you know what, it's come to the end of the road. It doesn't have to be bad. Uh, it's safe for you to let things go. It's safe for you to acknowledge the end of something. It's safe for you to let go. And that can be scary, but it also can be very liberating and it can create a lot of new growth. So I, I would love to hear what things you, you feel like you could let go of now. Um, and please, you know, share this episode, tag your friends who need to hear some of the lessons from today. And I'd love to hear from you as well. I will see you next week for another episode of Chill and Prosper. Bye. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.